1: And welcome to episode number 145 of Linux in the Ham Shack. I am your host, Russ K5TUX, and with me tonight is uh, the Grand Canadian, Pete V2XPL. How are you doing tonight, Pete?
2: Good day, eh? Doing all right. A little bit of a sore throat for those of you who may be wondering. Uh, Dodge the cold, but um, here I am. Excellent. We also have with us Cheryl
1: who's sitting across from me tonight playing a game. Well yeah. <sighs> Put your I, phone down. Pay attention to the program.
0: I pay attention to the program?
1: How can you pay attention to the program if you're using your phone?
0: Um I multitask. Uh,
1: I see. All right, well you can do the first story then. Let's see you uh play your game and read the first story.
0: I was the one who posted the first story. <laughs>
1: oh, so so that's you haven't mem- <clears throat> Did you commit it to memory? No. Okay.
0: But funny, I have a netbook right here in front of me with it on it.
1: No, that's right. We'll let Pete do it because okay. Pete has a cold and a sore throat, so we need to make him talk.
2: Not only that, but these were two of the stories that I was going to post anyway, so I'm a little bit familiar with them. All right, yeah. excellent. So hit the first story. It's a ham radio topic, which we always start with these days. So yeah, digital voice, which option is right for you? Are you guys wondering? A lot of clubs are thinking of going digital or at least uh talking about it. I know our club was talking about it for a little while. The discussion went back and forth with uh so many people being interested. So uh, if your uh, club is wondering, well, there's a resource available for you. If your club's thinking of replacing the current FM voice repeaters uh, with digital voice systems, but you don't know what the right choice is, they're right – Help has arrived in the form of a new video released by hamradionow.tv. Gary Pierce, who a lot of people are are familiar with, KN4AQ, is uh, the uh, systems guy for a bunch of enthusiasts in Charlotte, North Carolina. They have a whole bunch of repeaters, and uh, they want to do some digital stuff with them. They are at episode uh, 195 of Ham Radio Now. If you guys want to check it out, uh, you could uh, see what's going on in that realm. The video kind of speaks for itself. I looked at it really, really quickly. I didn't have time to look at the whole thing, but um, yeah, it looks interesting. So you can check that out at uh, tinyurl.com slash hrn dash om Dash DV, and that'll be on the website, of course. That comes to us from the good folks at Amateur Radio Newsline.
1: Yeah, and this the Yazoo System Fusion is coming up a lot these days. I need to figure out how to talk to somebody on the show about about System Fusion and the new digital that,
2: that Yezu is doing. And I'm sure that'd be pretty easy because uh, everybody's uh, going that rate, that route. And there's, there's a lot of people who are, uh, in the know. And there's a lot of people who are up and coming too. A lot of people are interested in just playing with the technology. A lot of people in our club were actually toying with it. Uh, you know, unfortunately for some, uh, systems, price is still a bit of a barrier, but, um, you know, it's, it's getting there.
1: It's definitely something to look at for the future, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to some more of the bigger vendors about Codec 2 and free digital voice integration in the future as well, since that's coming up. Do, I, do that. I do that. Well, I'm interested in all of these technologies. I'm I'm looking at getting uh, the Thumb DV. It's like a cheaper alternative to the DV dongle, and you can pick them up, I believe, for about a hundred dollars. So that's that's pretty good for getting into D Star.
2: Yeah, and it's a good way. You don't have to invest in, uh, you know, a whole lot of radio stuff if you aren't sure if you're going to like it. So uh, it's a good way to, to dip your nose. I mean, you can transmit, too. It's, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of compare it to Echolink in a way. Of course, you know, a whole different technology, but uh, the same way to reach people.
1: So there's only a couple of technologies that I really haven't gotten into yet, one of them being IRLP and then All-Star Link, which I really need to find out a lot more about. And then, of course, there's DSTAR and APRS. I've pretty much done everything else, although I haven't had a whole lot of luck with WSJT yet. I need to play around with that some more. I've got my rig working and connected and listening for signals, but uh, making contacts has not been very fruitful so far.
2: I've experienced a little bit of listening, but uh, that's about where it stands. Uh, but you see, there's so many things I want to do, and there's so little time when it comes to. Especially, you could you know spend your whole days doing different ham radio stuff and never getting bored. Uh, so it's just one of those things that uh, I'll eventually get into. Who knows? You know, we may not have a choice. It may all be going that route. Um, it may be that one day the uh, digital stuff will be a lot cheaper than the uh, mainstream stuff.
1: Entirely possible. And one of these days, you and I might actually have a chat like on the radio.
2: Well, we could do that with Echolique right now. We have the technology. We,
1: yes, we can rebuild him. <laughs> right. Let's move on. Our next story is another ham radio topic. And Cheryl and I guess Pete, you know, independent of each other, dug this one up. So I guess uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can go ahead and read this. It must one. be important. That's okay. right. Okay.
0: Free Dutch Kingdom Amateur Radio Society has released an e-magazine. DKARS now has its own free monthly magazine available for download as a PDF it contains articles written in both English and Dutch so if you want to subscribe simply send them an email and the link and everything will be in the show notes and you'll automatically receive an email with a download link not sure if you have to do that every month
1: I assume you just
2: have to sign up once, Months, and then you'll yeah. yeah you'll get it every month.
0: It's it's a little vague there though. So
2: you can also uh, go right to their website and uh, just check it online. I'm doing that right now. It's uh, there's goats. There's goats. Cool. <laughs> the website,
1: by the way, if you're listening in the car and you want to text and drive, which is a no-no, it's w dot d cars. That's uh, Alfa Romeo Sierra dot November Lima N L for the Netherlands. And uh, you can That's practice your Dutch while you're getting ham radio knowledged.
2: Knowledge, yeah. They go back to July 2014, so uh, there's quite a few issues there. All
1: right, very cool.
2: Ten, to be specific.
1: Everybody should go check that out if you need more amateur radio resources in your life.
2: And they, uh, it says it's written in English and Dutch, but so far I haven't really bumped into too much English. The latest uh, magazine April is uh, 68 pages, so it's pretty substantial. Yeah. And uh, just the pictures are interesting.
1: Good deal. I'm going to check that out. Everybody else should too. This next story was actually one that I found, but I'm going to let Pete read it because, again, I have more to talk about later. Oh, and we've uh, moved on from our ham radio topics. We're now into Linux and open source.
2: The Linux kernel 4.0 is released. Fanfare, please. I don't have any fanfare. (laughs) All I have is
1: this. (laughs) That kind of works. Yeah, kind of. I don't know if it's all that.
2: So uh, here you go, Uh, Linux 4.0 release. Uh, They claim that uh, it finally allows for no reboot patching. Uh, It adds new drivers and updates existing ones, of course, uh, and brings better support to the new hardware component. And it includes several other interesting features, uh, but not as much... as much as they might have expected. This is from uh, softpedia.com. That's where I'm uh, getting this from. The new Linux kernel patch infrastructure, also known as live patching, is the feature that lets users update the kernel packages without having to reboot the system. So uh, there you go. Already integrated with the SUSE Enterprise Linux operating system, according to Linux Torvalds, feature-wise, 4.0 doesn't have all that much special. That's really good marketing there. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's sell it. Let's, let's not sell it. <laughs> Much have been made on the new kernel patching infrastructure, but realistically, that not only wasn't the reason for the version number change, he claims uh, they've had much bigger changes in other versions. No experimental features were released in the new version, and uh, 4.0 is considered a stable upgrade. So we would expect nothing less from the good folks at Linux, uh, but it's good uh, to hear. So uh, the source of this is Softpedia, once again. You can check that online or in our show notes. I don't know. What do you think about that? I think Are we excited? I'm excited about it because that's like
1: the coolest thing for me, especially when dealing with servers, certain, you know, server side, because now I can have servers with like 10-year uptimes because I'll never have to reboot them. The only reason they ever got rebooted before was in the case of a power outage, which doesn't actually happen where I work because I have UPSs and then generator power. Power outages are, are extraordinarily rare. And then uh, the only other reason I would have to reboot a machine is to upgrade the kernel, and so now you don't have to reboot a machine to do that. So they
2: never have to shut down ever, ever, ever. Yeah, I kind of go back and forth on that. I'm like, uh, there's always the kind of the wear and tear angle of never turning your stuff off, but if it's well cooled, then it's. Um, You know, the top quality stuff anyways. It's made to last for years, some of it.
1: I don't know. Uh, Have you ever had that situation where you have a light bulb that's been on in a hallway somewhere for 14 years, and then the first time you turn it off, it doesn't come
2: back on? Yeah. (laughs) You know? See, that's the the other side of the coin, right? (laughs) So you kind of go back and forth. So, see, with my hard drives, I've been told that you let your hard drives spin. You let them spin. um, You know, they kind of go into a little bit of a sleep, but they're always – all the electronics is kept warm and says if you shut them down, you leave them off for a long time, especially external hard drives where you might be putting your family images, for example, and it's not something you go to every day. Well, then if you let it sit there for a while, it's like anything. If it sits there, it's going to become a hanger queen and it's not going to work when you turn it on. So,
1: But external hard drives take a lot of abuse because they're the kind of things that you carry with you in your bag and stuff and you, you tend to throw, them around, throw them around a lot. Are not like the internal hard drives in your PCs, which if those are getting thrown around a lot, you're not doing it correctly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or you're in really good shape. Yeah. <laughs> so, But uh, uh, no, see, I, I have a couple that I use just for storage and they don't get moved around. So they actually, you know, I let them, just let them roll and they've been with me. Let's see, my oldest one is probably almost 10 years old.
1: I have a Western Digital um, 320 gigabyte external uh, I think they called them the Passbook or My Book or something like that when those came out.
2: Okay.
1: And that one has been rock solid. I have not been able to kill that thing even trying. Uh, but this other one was a 60 gig one, and it's uh, one of the USB powered ones. You know, it still works like part of the time, but other other times you boot it up and you hear the, the heads like clicking like they can't properly read the disk. Enough about that. We should probably talk about uh, installing Linux on a USB drive. The, I put this story in here. It's not really a story. It's uh <laughs> me, bunch of links. Yeah, the it's me links. mentioning some resources for installing Linux on a USB stick because I got a question in email from a guy who saw me on the Amateur Radio Roundtable show, W5KUBs. <gasps> I
2: missed that. Oh, sorry.
1: You can okay. see it again on YouTube. It's on YouTube.
2: It's not going to be live.
1: No, How it's not it? going to be live.
0: That's
2: okay. Obviously. <laughs> uh,
1: he told me that he is going to have me on future episodes to talk about oh, nice. other things. So you, you should be able to catch me live on there at some point.
2: Yeah, no problem.
1: But he was asking me specifically about creating a USB stick that had persistence or that allowed persistence. And I wasn't actually able to really answer that question. And he, I don't believe, is a listener of the show yet, but I'm hoping he will be at some point. So what I wanted to do is instead mention a few resources for creating Linux USB sticks because this is a great way to put Linux on a machine or to put Linux on a device to actually use on a machine. And it's very portable because you can use it on any device that has a USB drive. And some of these actually allow for persistent boots and some of them don't. Now, I believe uh, Unetbootin, which is one we've mentioned on the show many times in the past, does allow for persistence on the USB drive itself but only for Ubuntu distributions not for anything else. Uh, Some of these are distribution specific and some of them aren't. First one I have here is live USB creator from Fedora and the link to that of course will be in the show notes. The link to all of these will be in the show notes. Fedora's is actually written so that it will run on a Linux distribution presumably Fedora but probably others and also Windows So you can download an ISO image of a particular Linux distribution on your Windows machine and use the Fedora Live USB Creator to create, as far as I can tell, only Fedora distributions on a USB stick. And then, of course, boot a machine doing that. LinuxLiveUSB.com. This is a Windows-only program. It does the same exact thing. And you'll want to check the documentation on these to find out if they do allow persistence for the distribution that you're going to install. Uh, this particular one will do pretty much anything that's based on a Linux ISO image. Uh, so another way to do that. I found a couple that were mentioned at pendrivelinux.com. Uh, one is called Yummy, Y-U-M-I. Uh, this one is for creating multi-boot thumb drives so that you can have, like, uh, rescue partitions or a Linux distribution or any combination of all of those on a thumb drive. Uh, this is for Linux and windows. Both of those can be used to, uh, run this application and create Linux based thumb drives. Also, uh, based on pendrive Linux, there's one called the UUI, which is the universal USB installer. This one's windows only And a lot of these are real point-and-click things. Just one window, you know, you download an ISO image. Some of them will do the download for you. Uh, Then you do a click, select the USB thumb drive that you want to install it on, and it does it for you. And you can, of course, select or not select persistence based on whether the particular application allows it or not and whether it allows it for the particular distribution you're trying to install. Uh, Then there's also unit booting. Uh, which is a SourceForge project. We've mentioned that one a lot. That one actually runs on Linux, Mac, and Windows. So lots of platforms to use UNet booting on. But like I said, as, uh, as I think is still correct, uh, you can only get persistence using that utility for Ubuntu distributions. But you can use it to install pretty much anything. And then this new one that I found, which is really cool, which I want to try at some point, it's uh, called... Uh, the Mac Linux USB Loader, I believe, M-L-U-L. It's another SourceForge project. And despite the fact that it's called the Mac Linux USB Loader, it's actually for Linux. And, uh, you run it on Linux and it creates a USB thumb drive that will boot Linux on a Mac. So, um, Macs tend to be one of the harder platforms to install Linux on or to run Linux on because they have the EFI bootloader as opposed to a typical you know, loader in a uh, a standard PC, for example. Being able to access that bootloader and get Linux to run tends to be problematic or less easy than on a PC. And this particular project allows you to take a Linux distribution, and I'm not sure if it has to be a Mac-specific Linux distribution, but since most newer Macs are based on Intel chipsets, you should be able to run almost any i386 or x86-64-based distributions using it. Uh and there are more. There's 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 quite a few more projects in these, but these are the these are the ones that I found that looked uh simple and ran on, you know, multiple platforms and give you lots of different options for booting Linux on lots of different platforms and some allowing persistence, some not. So basically if you want to just go through this list, find the one that fits the the task that you're trying to complete. That I would recommend, and actually the way I have been putting distributions onto thumb drives lately is just using DD on Linux. You can do a bit-for-bit copy of an ISO onto a thumb drive, you won't get persistence. It will basically take up the entire amount of the drive with just the size of the ISO. So if you have a 1.3 gig ISO and a 4 gig thumb drive, you're basically wasting all of that free space unless you go into the distribution once it's loaded and repartition it using gparted or something like that. But if you just want to do something real simple to get the ISO onto the thumb drive and then boot with it, you know, you can just do a DD uh, input file is the name of the ISO. Output file is the the dev of the USB stick. Wait till it's done and you're good to go. And there's also a utility called PV, which you can use in conjunction with DD or in place of DD that allows you to do the same writing, a byte copy, from an ISO image to a thumb drive but actually shows you a progress indicator so that you know because sometimes writing to a thumb drive takes a fair amount of time and you want to make sure that the copy is actually still running so PV which is Papa Victor is a great utility for uh, showing you the, the progress of that copy. So a bunch of resources there for getting Linux onto a thumb drive so you can run it on whatever computer you've got handy.
0: AF70 in the chat room asked what persistent Linux was, and some people probably wonder what that is, so maybe you should explain that.
1: Okay. Well, what persistence is basically that you can store changes to the Linux distribution on the thumb drive itself, so it becomes self contained. Like if you have an embedded Linux system that's on a read only media, you can boot it up, but then if you edit a file, for example, and then power off the computer, that change is lost. So with persistence, you can make changes to the file system that's on the thumb drive, and when you power the machine off and power it back on, that change will persist, hence the meaning of the word persistence, and uh, that's the idea of it. So you don't need persistence in order to boot Linux. In fact, in some cases, it's better not to have persistence, because that means you can't alter and in some cases, corrupt the file system that boots Linux. And you can store files onto, say, a hard drive or another USB drive that's connected to that same machine, which has write capability, leaving the thumb drive intact. But if you want to have persistence and write capability and changeability on the thumb drive, you'll want to use one of these tools and one of the Linux distributions that supports
2: persistence. I just, you know, old-school, still burn CDs and throw them in my bag, and I kind of have my uh, my Linux CD to boot up with if I want to. Thumb Drive is just so much more efficient, though, so I don't know.
1: And uh, Alpha Fox 7 oscar in the chat room says, Everything I said makes perfect sense. Well, that's that's good. <laughs> I'm glad. What? That was all I had for Linux topics, and unfortunately I didn't really have a lot in the way of Linux in the ham shack topics. It's been kind of a light week for information in general, really.
2: It has, actually. I had trouble finding uh, the few that I
1: found. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to complain for a little bit.
2: Carry on.
1: (laughs) All right. So just a little bit of whinging, as they say in the UK. I've been trying to try projects, ham radio projects that run on Linux, because that's what we do here, as I hear about them. And so I've been trying a few of them. But I've been having some trouble. Now, the first one I had trouble with today was Shiny SDR. This is one that we mentioned on the show uh, two or three episodes back, I think. And it's an overlay written in Python that's supposed to run RTL SDR software based on GNU radio inside a Chrome browser tab, which is a really cool thing. It sounds excellent, and I would love to be able to do that. So much so that I actually ordered an RTL SDR today while waiting for the RTL-SDR, which cost me a whopping $20. Uh, So that's very cool, broadbanded receiver. And I believe it's just a receiver, the one that I bought, not a a transceiver. But at least it'll get me into, you know, the ability to play with uh, software-defined radio, which up till now I have not been able to do. So I wanted to try this thing out. And the instructions on how to get this thing set up are fairly clear. It's a GitHub project. I downloaded the source code, I looked at all of the dependencies, just so happens that the documentation is written for people running Debian-centric distributions, which is great because that's what I run. I installed all of the dependencies it said were required, read through the entire page of documentation to get to the point where it said, this is the command that you must type to start this program up after you have fulfilled all of its dependencies, which I did, and it promptly blew up in my face. I could not get it to run. It does not provide any debug output, just complaints of the Python interpreter complaining about some undefined class type. Now, I can and will be able to debug this problem at some point, but I have to say it's a little bit aggravating to go through the massive amount of work that was required to fulfill all the dependencies of this application to get it to run, only to have it not run at the end of that process. Needless to say, there will be a an email written to the developer of said application, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to uh, guide me through to a resolution to the problem. But I even went through the documentation a second time and confirmed that I did everything I was supposed to do to get it to run, and it doesn't. So... Uh, you know and if it was just a a matter of an app dash get install and then running the program and it failed you know i can kind of deal with that but i want to say that uh the setup process took me the better part of an hour and a half and that's the kind of thing that makes people not want to run linux absolutely (laughs) so uh yeah we need to uh try and figure out what what my problem is it might be something simple and I'm, i'm hoping it is but uh Anyway, that's that's my complaint about Shiny SDR. I really wanted to talk about Shiny SDR on the show tonight and let people know how great it was and all the cool
2: features it has, but of course I can't because it doesn't work. I'm looking at the screenshots, and it looks pretty nifty. Yeah, doesn't it? It looks very cool. It does. It, it looks very modern, considering, and somehow familiar. So it doesn't look like the kind of page you'd get lost in.
1: Next thing I want to complain about, and this will be a much briefer complaint, is about the WeFax program, WX2 image, WX2 IMG. Now, uh, this is another one of those things that I have not played around with. That's a ham radio thing. Wefax. And this, of course, allows you to download weather facts, uh weather facts, download satellite imagery of weather information from the satellites that go over and downlink on 137 megahertz uh, so that you can see cool images, um, you know, related to weather. There's a couple of problems with this. The first one is it's not open source, even though it runs on Linux. I really wanted to try this, and it would actually require a fair amount of me playing around with my station to actually get my 2-meter rig connected to the computer, because right now it's my HF rig, and unfortunately my netbook doesn't have enough USB ports to connect all of the devices at the same time. But I never really got that far, because... Originally, it wanted to have me sign into the space-weather.com site to download the telemetry data from the satellites, and then I found out that that version of the application didn't work anyway. Uh, There were problems with it and bugs with it, and then I downloaded the latest version of the software, only to have it not work at all. Plus, it's fairly complex, the setup, for what it does. I was able to actually finally get it to download the telemetry data, but then uh it's just a very complicated piece of software. And it wouldn't seem to me that that just listening to a transmission coming off a satellite going overhead to download, you know, satellite images would be all that difficult, especially since it's on 2 meters, but it just seemed like very long and involved process for that. So that's something I'm going to continue to work on because I would like to be able to say that I have done WeFax and I know everything there is to know about it, or I know enough about it to say that, you know, I can do it if I want to do it, but not much luck with WX2Image. And I wasn't able to find any open source version of something that does WeFax for Linux. Uh, so if somebody in the chat room happens to know of something like that, or if somebody listening to the show could email me with an open source one, I would love to know what it is, uh, but in my searching around today, I wasn't able to find one. No wee facts love for
2: me today, sadly. <sighs> Not your day. Yeah. For those of you, I mean, it's an interesting project and it'd be fun to try. If you're not interested in trying, just so people know, you can get all that stuff just about live um, on the on your country's uh, weather services website. Usually, so because I look at those quite often too, just for fun. And uh, you know, if you want to get your own, go ahead. I highly encourage you. If you just want to see what they look like, you just go to the websites and and you'll usually see them there. Environment Canada has them. Uh, I'm sure uh, you guys, is, uh National Weather Service, so probably uh, offer that as well.
1: Oh, yeah, I'm sure they do. But what's the fun of that when you can just do it so easily? You want to be able to do it using your own equipment and, you know, getting the communications directly from the satellites. I mean, that's the cool part of it.
2: I didn't didn't say that. That is the cool part. I'm just saying if you don't want to try that, you just want to see the pictures.
1: Right. If you want to take the the easy way out, there's an easy way out. But I don't want to do that. the easy way out. It's not the easy way out? It's just... Well,
2: no, it's not the easy way out because not everyone's going to want to try everything in ham radio. So some people just might be wondering what it is.
1: That's that's very true. But I, that's not me. I want to try everything there is in, in ham radio. I want to do it all.
2: And I highly encourage you to do that.
1: And I will. All right. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. All right. And the last thing I'm going to complain about, this is not really a complaint, but it's it's basically just a comment. I've, I saw today that back in March... The Linux Action Show did a story on Linux and Ham Radio. Really? Yes, they they did. they didn't invite us. They did not invite us. Not only did they not invite us, they did not even mention us. And I'm not going to... They need a
2: little action.
1: (laughs) This is not a complaint about the fact that they did not mention us, because it's entirely possible, and actually more than likely, that they did not know that we exist. Because, you know, we have a subscriber base of about 2,000 people, which leaves about 7 billion people out. But if you happen to listen to this show and you happen to listen to that show, I would like to encourage you to write to Noah, KC0SKE, and tell him about our show because he is obviously a ham radio operator and he is obviously a Linux user and he could benefit from our program. So
2: Perhaps we should invite him for an interview.
1: Perhaps we should. But anyway, if you you happen to know uh, Noah or if you happen to just be a listener to... Jupiter Broadcasting's Linux Action Show. Just go ahead and send a nice email over to KC0SKE and invite him to listen to Linux in the Hamshack. That would be really cool. It's kind of kind of like a letter writing campaign, you know.
2: So there you go. Be nice, though.
1: Yes, yes, definitely be nice. Don't bitch or anything like that. Just you know, invite him over here and say, "Here's a here's a great resource for Linux in the Hamshack." You know, let him know exists. That would be cool. And maybe he'll Wait, ask know, to come on the show all on his own, and we won't have to invite him. I had happened to glance back at the chat room and Kleewick in the chat room says that FL Digi has a wee tab. And the thing is, I think I knew that, but I've forgotten about it. So maybe I need to check and see if FL Digi can do what I want instead of using WX to image. That would be kind of cool because, uh, FL Digi can do Hellschreiber, which is basically a fax mode. So it stands to reason that it could also do weather fax point to ponder.
2: Check out FL Digi is awesome. FL Digi is awesome, yeah,
1: and it does so much. It's like ham radio deluxe, but awesome, <laughs> like that.
2: <laughs> but um, it's definitely my favorite. I've, I've played around with it quite a bit. Unfortunately, I haven't in, in a little while, and uh, I really miss it. I have to do that again soon, but uh, see, I had, I had antenna woes over the uh, it was such a windy winter for us, yet all my antennas came down at one point. Or just bent, because some of them are just wire antennas. So my reception isn't as good as it was. That's not my excuse, though. But for those of you doing maintenance, I yeah. remind you, safety first. <laughs> Always look up before you put up a ladder and, uh, you know, don't swing dead cats around. Yes, don't do that. That's bad. Altitude. <laughs> no swinging dead cats at altitude. Safety, <laughs> safety. No, but not all kidding. <laughs> uh, all, all kidding aside, though, uh, you know, a lot of people get hurt working on their antennas. So uh, be cautious.
1: And now we're going to move on to music. And uh, this music is from Canada yet again. We have so much good music coming out of Canada. It's, a, it's hard there's to believe. A lot of it.
2: good Canadian bands. Yeah, I and mean, there's a lot of good American bands too, and a lot of other bands from around the world. Uh, but being Canadian, I'm proud to say that we've spawned uh, quite a few over the years. And and there's, I mean, everywhere there's so many bands that are good that you just never hear about. So it's nice that we could feature some of them.
1: Yeah, it's very cool. And actually, this song I heard on the Bugcast podcast last Friday. Yeah, and when, cool. When I heard it, I was like, "Oh, we have to play this song. It is so good." But unfortunately, it is not Creative Commons. Okay, the song is not Creative Commons. Just want to let everybody know that we were given permission obliquely to play it uh, by a friend of the band. Uh, oh, so
2: thats quite oblique, indeed. <laughs> it, it, yes,
1: but we—I was told that it would be okay, uh, and. I was also told that it's freely downloadable from their website, but Howdy. I could not find a place to download it, so I'm not sure what's up with that. But again, I will refer any complaints about us playing this song to the person who uh, <laughs> said it was okay to play, and then we're going to go ahead and play it anyway. Is a group called Aviator Shades. They're from Vancouver in British Columbia, nowhere near Pete, but still in Canada. And uh, it's a song called Tallahassee Woman. On the other coast. They have released an EP, or they released an EP back in January of 2014 called Ready to Blow. This again is called Tallahassee Woman by Aviator Shades. I'm going to cue it up now and then uh, we'll continue with our program. See Woman by Aviator Shades. That's a really
2: good one. What do you think? Yeah, I like that. That's pretty cool. I was looking at their website. Uh, they uh, have some uh, touring dates uh, in and around Canada throughout the summer. So, unfortunately, they're not coming to uh, Montreal, but that's all right. Uh, enjoyed it very much. The kind of, uh, I don't know, early Motley crew meets Leonard Skinner kind of vibe. I enjoyed that very much.
1: It does have kind of a southern Rocky kind of feel to it. I just, it, it hooked me in immediately when I heard it on the bugcast. So I'm thankful to those guys for playing it because it, uh, it struck a chord with me and I was glad to be able to you know, play it for the rest of you if you don't listen to the bugcasts. So go buy that song. It's only 99 cents on iTunes. And I assume the, the album is, you know, five or six bucks or something like that if you want to get it. Go support excellent music. We will move on to announcements and feedback, and there's a lot of stuff in here tonight. Uh, the first thing I'm going to talk about is the Ambassador Program, which I haven't mentioned a lot, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's becoming popular all of a sudden. And Hamfest season has begun this year. Many Hamfests have already happened, including like the Green County Hamfest out in Ardmore, Oklahoma, and the Oars Hamfest, which I went to on saturday i went there for about four hours talked to lots of people uh got a few donations for the show so we can keep going which is very cool introduced a lot of people to linux gave out many distributions uh i was giving away debian and linux mint 17 seemed to go over pretty well even though it was uh you know a small local ham fest uh, so it seems like just sitting up at any hamfest, regardless of size or participation uh, size or participation, seems to be useful for us, which is which is good news to me, because uh, it means we're doing something good in in the ham radio community, and I like that.
2: Yeah, and plus Linux offers an alternative, and uh, ham radio operators, being on the fringe anyhow, are always willing to try stuff uh, that. Uh uh, might make things easier it might fill a need they don't have uh, mostly that's you know free it costs nothing to try it so you have nothing to lose yep that's
1: the one thing that usually sells them doesn't cost anything oh sure let me try that
2: <laughs> yeah I know we're ham ready operators we're cheap
1: and the best thing about ham fest for me is They'll usually come up and they'll talk to, you know, they'll talk to me and I'll give them, you know, the the high points and they'll seem really interested. And I'm like, well, you know, we're accepting donations for for the ones that we produce and bring here, you know, to cover our costs and creating and printing the CDs and all that stuff. You know, we usually ask for a couple of bucks. I always put in the addendum that, you know, you can go out and download these freely from the Internet, the same thing that's on this disk. And they're like, oh, no, you're here. You sold me on it. I'll gladly give you a couple of bucks to cover for that. So, you know, it's really cool that, that, that people are like that when they come to the shows. You know, they're, they're more than willing to support us there for just for giving them the information, which is great.
2: Yeah, absolutely. ham radio operators are cheap, but they're willing to, uh, you know, they stick together, two of those. Yep, absolutely. You know, I didn't mean cheap. Frugal. 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 We are frugal. That's right. We are a frugal people.
1: <laughs> Come on, say that one me, not talking over you so I can sound like <laughs>
2: Nope, you got no proof now. <laughs>
1: All right. So we do have a couple of ham fests coming up and Linux fests coming up this year. Uh, of course, there are many of them, in fact. But we're going to have ambassadors at some of them, which is very cool. Uh, the first one is going to be the Ireland radio transceiver society radio transmission society i think it is irts.ie is where you can find them Uh,
2: irish radio Transmitters society
1: transmitter society yeah they uh, are having what's called uh alg uh in a couple of weeks and i don't actually know what alg stands for but i get the impression it basically means ham fest I actually searched for ALG to try and figure out what it means, but I couldn't find a definition. And there are lots of references to ALGs. It tends to be a European thing, but it always amounts to the same thing. It's the equivalent of an American ham fest. Uh, The IRTS ALG is coming up on April 25th and 26th, and we will have representation there from John Ronan, EI7IG. He will be our uh, ambassador there in Ireland. So this will be our first... Uh, foray into something other than the United States, which is really cool.
2: We're international now.
1: That's right, we are international now. Mm -hmm. Well, we have we actually have lots of listeners all over the world but this is the first time we'll actually have like a live presence somewhere other than the US, which is very cool. So thanks to... Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks to John, uh, EI7IG, for doing that for us. And then uh, Daryl, K-I-4-L-L-A, who is going to be our ambassador at both The Southeast Linux Fest in North Carolina coming up in June. And also at the Roanoke Ham Fest coming up on August 1st. Southeast Linux Fest is at southeastlinuxfest.org. That's uh, June 12th through the 14th this year. And the Roanoke Ham Fest in Roanoke, Virginia is uh, August 1st of this year. And you can find that at whiskey4charliealpha.com, W-4-C-A. And as I mentioned before, John and the uh, irts.ie site, and that's where you can find out information about the ALG, whatever the hell that means. So anyway, this is very cool. And if you want to be an ambassador at a Hamfest or a Linux Fest near you for Linux in the Ham Shack, just let us know. We'd really love to have you set up there. Uh, all the information about the program is on the website lhspodcast.info under the ambassadors link. And I have recently just added an ambassadors calendar on there. So you can actually sign up to be an ambassador for a particular event on the website Uh, and a calendar of upcoming events where we will have ambassadors is also there. So you can check that out and find out where someone who's representing us, whether it be the hosts or someone who's an ambassador for us will be listed there on the site. So, Check it out, and if you want to be an ambassador, just uh, go ahead and sign up or send uh, an email to ambassadors at lhspodcast.info, and uh, we'll get you set up. We'd love to have you uh, go to a show and uh, see what all the fun is about, because it is fun. It really is. We should get Snoop Dogg as an ambassador. Oh, that would be so cool.
2: (laughs) Do you think?
1: Snoop Dogg and the drummer for uh, Blur. Blur, yeah, there you go. And
2: uh, We've got our own posse, and right. Neil Young. Neil Young? Not Neil Young, my goodness.
1: So. <laughs> Neil Young would be cool, too, but we don't know if he's yes. a ham radio operator. So. Yeah,
2: I'm not sure. No,
1: I think you were thinking of Joe Walsh. but Yes, uh, I was. <laughs>
2: Neil Young came out of my head, but anyways. That's as, long as, that's, as long
1: as it's only words coming out of your head, more It's fine. just
2: words. Yeah, right now, that's uh, that's good. We'll just stop there.
1: All right. So uh, we also got, by way of feedback, lots of feedback. So let's talk about some feedback. We got a comment on episode number 141 from Bert Yerke, and this is the one uh, that references you, Pete. Uh, he says, The alarm, the sway, could almost be a reincarnation of them. I used to have declaration on one side of a cassette and U2 war on the other, recorded from CD, which was rare at the time. I think that maybe the 80s band Pete was trying to remember. 68 Guns is now stuck in my head. And that's the yeah, song I the was playing for you earlier, The Alarm's 68 Guns.
2: Yeah, oh, I remember that, then, absolutely. I'd forgotten the name indeed, so uh, thanks a lot for that, Bert. Um, for some reason, one of the local radio stations is on a kick. They, they call it the such a dumb name. They call it the Guilty Pleasure, where they pick one song from the 80s every day and they play it. And, you know, they have stuff that everybody would remember, Men at Work and R.E.M. and stuff like that, all the big, big ones that kind of really stuck out. And uh, so there's kind of a resurgence of these uh, 80s bands, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. I I love Men at Work. I'm a big fan of them. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Well, there's another one, Montreal band called Men Without Hats that had their run too, and they you know, not that I was a big fan, but it's just one of those songs that stick out and uh, Everybody loves the safety dance. That you've heard it, you know, everybody's heard it. Oh you yeah, know, we it, listened
0: said. to a lot of men without hats. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Men Do without listened to a lot of men without hats? Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily the band. We also got a tweet, or there was a tweet, from Christian Jacobs. He is the author of PyQSO, the logging application written in Python. He says, uh, or he tweeted, rather, just listen to LHS number 143. Thanks for PyQSO review. The license is GNU GPL. And uh, that's in reference to the fact that I said I couldn't find the license. But he says it's GPL, so that's very cool. He also says, ENL from Ubuntu is packaging the deb." to uh, release for, you know, to put into the package repositories. Uh, so it will eventually be apt get installable, but it is not currently. You still have to download and uh, run as a Python source. So right from the horse's mouth, right from the horse's mouth. Indeed. Uh, we also got a comment on the website on episode number 144 from Gary Pierce, KN4AQ. And some people are probably going to be familiar with that call sign and name. Uh, he says to add to the Ham Show list TX Factor at www.txfilms.co.uk slash TX Factor. This is a podcast or a video podcast we have mentioned before on the show. Uh, and mine, hamradionow.tv, uh, which we have also mentioned. Uh, so, Gary, stop feeling left out. We've talked about <laughs> you before. Last episode not, was. Not
2: as much, though, to give Gary credit. No.
1: Uh, last episode was about resources we hadn't mentioned before. Not about ones we had mentioned before. So, uh, i have
2: forgotten Ham Radio Now, though, so uh, I haven't checked them out in a long, long time. I'm going to go back.
1: Uh, I believe we actually mentioned him in a comment on the previous episode. The um, so one where I wasn't there, probably. Yes, I believe it was when you were not there. So we, we have talked about Gary recently, uh, but cool. we're, we're not forgetting about you, Gary. We, we love your show, HamRadioNow.tv, and everybody should go watch it. And everybody should check out TX Factor as well, because that's a very cool show, too. Excellent. We've got a tweet from Dan Camp, Alpha Fox 7 oscar who
2: happens to be with us in the chat room tonight. Hey, Dan. Oh, that's, a, that's a cool call sign, Dan, by the way. I just kind of, I like that in the contest. Alpha Fox 7 oscar Almost, almost sounds like a secret agent one. Yeah, kind of. 007Oscar.
1: And he uh, tweeted, Doing a presentation on using Linux in the ham shack at... Whiskey Alpha 7 Fox Whiskey Tonight, which is a club out in Washington State. Props to LHS Podcast for good info. So, very cool. I assume that means that he actually mentioned us in his presentation. He doesn't say that, but I'm going to assume it. And we'll find out uh, whether I'm right or wrong, because uh, he'll probably comment in the chat room. Anyway, thanks, Dan. Uh, Glad you enjoy the show. Glad you're here with us tonight. And I hope the presentation out there at your club, Whiskey Alpha 7 Fox Whiskey, uh, went well. And then I also got an email from Eric Guth, and this is uh, a person we mentioned in our list of uh, video and audio resources for Ham Radio in the last episode that uh, Pete mentioned uh, for Zulu One Uniform Golf. Uh, He says, Dear Russ, thanks for your message. I will put your podcast in my Stitcher podcast manager and listen to your episodes. That's cool. I am also beginning to use Linux in my shack, mostly around my all-star nodes and asterisk telephony. I noticed that you did not have a Linux resources tab on your website unless I missed it. And truth be told, we do not, but there will be one soon. Thanks for the plug on your show. I am producing an audio-only podcast every week. I can't even imagine what it takes to make an hour of video every week without some help. 7-3, Eric. And that, again, is from Eric Guth for Zulu One Uniform Golf, uh, who does the QSO Today program. So you want to check that out. Which is basically yeah, a, a program all about Elmers, and uh, all he does is talk to what uh, who he considers Elmers in the hobby. That's all he
2: does. So. There's a bunch. I was amazed to see like how many interviews had been done already.
1: And uh, Dan in the chat room, Alpha Fox Seven Oscar. We can't say that enough. Alpha Fox Seven Oscar. Alpha Fox Seven Oscar uh, says we were in fact mentioned as a resource in his program. So that's very cool. That's very scholarly. That's very cool. <laughs> And that, too. And that, too. All right, so we have one last bit of feedback, and it's a voicemail. It's from... No, yes. Rich is back. Yeah. Yes, from the person <laughs> who basically is the only person who ever sends us voicemail. But Anyway, this is a voicemail from Rich, KD0RG, and I hope there's no bad language in it, because I have not listened to it yet. So, okay, so There's always <laughs> editing. That's right, there's always editing. But anyway, here's what Rich has to say.
3: Rush, I wanted to congratulate you on... Uh, let me explain. I was listening to you on that W5KUB thing. It's very annoying, by the way. I had to use uh, YouTube-DL it was a downloader and then convert it to audio so that I could listen in the big truck here. But I did, and I listened to you being interviewed by him. And then it was not more than a day or two later, I hear the W5KUB there got the special achievement award of date. Now, I don't think it's any coincidence that he receives that award shortly after interviewing you. So, I'll, I mean, you know, we probably should have know, went to you, but they gave it to him because he's got video or something. I don't know. Oh, or he uh, he gives them free advertising for the hand benching, too. But anyway, um, I just wanted to congratulate you. Uh, it's it's not just a coincidence that that happened. All right. You have a good day. I'm in the shadow of Elk Mountain up here on I-80, which was shut down the other day. But I beat it because I hammered down. You know, I got here.
2: All right, 7-3. 7-3, good buddy. (laughs) 7-3,
1: good buddy. (laughs) Try and keep it between the dishes and watch out for the bears in the tall grass. That's Rich KD0RG, former host, I'm going to say, of the Low SWR podcast because their last release was, I believe, back in May of 2013. So, I'm so gonna, it's
2: official? They're not doing them anymore? I
1: don't know that it's official, but uh, that's a long time to go without a show.
2: It is, indeed. Well,
0: so, I think the kids have kind of grown up. And yeah, and he's probably, probably out on the road a lot. And, yeah. Yeah. Who,
1: kn- who knows what the reason for the, the demise of low SWR is? But we won't count them out yet, but I'm sure, you know, I think we're about, at about an eight count. They're down on the mat. We'll see, we'll see what happens. But anyway, thanks for the voicemail, Rich. And uh, you know, I know you're kidding, but I'm quite sure I had nothing to do with the special achievement award for W5KUB. He's been he's been broadcasting live from Hamvention for a very, very long time. So his uh, his podcast thing, the Amateur Radio Roundtable, is a much more recent endeavor. And I guess he should go talk to Eric4Z1UG because uh, Tom does a weekly two hour video
2: podcast so it can be done of course it can be done but it's, it's a lot of work it video is, a lot, is of work. a lot more work than audio yeah audio is already a lot of work yep
1: requires a lot more equipment too yeah and just the,
2: the whole post it's just hellish Yep. not always but
1: all right so thanks thanks again rich and thanks to yep. everyone else who sent us feedback this week uh, it's always great to hear from our listeners and uh, we hope we hear from lots more of you in the future and uh, now we're going to move on to our fifth segment of the night, which is our most popular segment.
0: Whatever.
1: It's, it is. I'm, I'm telling you, this is the reason anybody listens to the show right now. Uh-huh. Sure. That's why this, is the part,
2: this is the part of the show they download the most. That's right. <laughs> and
1: this, That's why we put it at the end, so they have to get through all the crap oh, at the beginning so they get to I this see. part. Yeah. I see. That's why Walmart puts automotive and electronics at the back, because you have to walk by everything else to get there. Well, like and that's chocolate.
0: the reason why all, yeah all the candy bars are right there at the register.
1: No, candy bars are impulse buys. You go back and you buy the Xbox games, then you buy the chocolate on the way out. See, they they know. They've done studies.
2: Well, yeah, yeah oh, I'm sure. Right? <laughs> it's not a coincidence that yeah. they put uh, all the junk food right after the video games where all the stone kids go hang out. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> That's right. We had that story about the cookies, the... Girl Scouts sitting up next to the dispensaries mm-hmm. because, hey, they, they understand how it goes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's ingenious. Yeah. It, it happens. Those
1: dastardly girl <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it's Cheryl's recipe corner, so go ahead.
0: Yeah, regretfully, I don't have Girl Scout cookies in my recipes this week. But anyway, um, the recipe that I have this week is um, something that is really good for lazy people like me i um, just
2: people with no time because I love to cook, but I never have the time to cook, so well, sometimes right. I eat something quick.
0: Right, and this is really good. This is one of those things, you know, we eat breakfast a lot for dinner, and this is one of those things that you can start in the morning, and it's done when you get home from work. Or if you've got a house full of people that you've got to feed the next morning, you can throw everything together and toss it in the crock pot, and poof, breakfast is done um russ has not had this before but i have fixed it a few years ago a friend got buried and had a whole bunch of people i thought i did have
1: this or something similar to it did you have it i believe so Oh,
0: okay i didn't i didn't know if you it's had really it.
1: good it's surprisingly good that you can take a bunch of like eggs potatoes miscellaneous you know bacon onions and stuff and throw it together in a crock pot and call it and, breakfast. yeah call it breakfast but it's surprisingly good actually uh-huh.
2: Well, we do a lot of breakfast for supper. The kids love it because it's breakfast Oh, for yeah. Supper. How we, could you go wrong?
1: We don't actually eat breakfast and, for breakfast. We never eat breakfast in the morning. Screw, yeah, screw eating in the morning. Yeah, it's 9 <laughs> o'clock at
0: night that we're eating breakfast usually. So the recipe that I have, that and I have altered it numerous times, calls for bacon and onion, but we've added sausage and ham um, and green peppers and mushrooms and all kinds of stuff to so it's a uh, it's a very versatile recipe,
1: and you can it? leave out the meat for you vegetarian types. Yeah, for the vegetarian. types. If you're you vegan, wait. you're kind of screwed because it's got it cheese and eggs, eggs in it. In so it, yeah. yeah, you're pretty much <laughs> done with that. But you know, vegetarians. Well, you can put
2: are cool. the hash browns.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's the no well, out. if you want to saute up some hash browns, <laughs> and the mustard. There you go. Make sure you don't do it in like you know animal fat or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> no,
2: no, you use olive oil.
1: Yeah, you use vegetable oil or peanut oil or something like that, unless you feel like peanuts you know scream when you pull them out of the ground or something they do they do
2: tiny little screams they'll
1: be scream screaming peanuts is i think that was like a (laughs) (laughs) i know i think it was that was like a punk band from the 80s all right so are we done with crockpot omelets we're
0: we're done with crockpot omelets all
1: right so give those a try if you want to you know have a quick afternoon breakfast that recipe of course will be in the show notes so if you want more details and uh, exact amounts and times and all of that kind of stuff, go check it out. And now Cheryl's up again for the next segment. She's going to read our uh, donations, subscriptions, and our social media roundup.
0: This week in our donations and subscriptions category, Jeremy Hall, Scott Pettigrew, Bill Arcan, all joined us for monthly. Brian Smith did a yearly subscription. And David Whitman... Gave a donation for the 2016 Hamvention campaign. So remember, folks, it's not too early for next year. The following people joined us on Facebook this time David Kane, Daryl Little, Jordan McGilvery, Cecil Porter, and Stephen Brown. On Google Plus, we had Stephen Brown, Daryl Little, and David.
1: uh, (laughs) Don't you love these? Yeah, no. (laughs) Ferrara.
0: Ferrara, dude. Nascimento
1: David Ferreira do Nascimento. Yeah, I like that.
0: On Twitter, we had service computer, which was Daniel Lott, ZS Coban, KE5WMA,
1: which I'm surprised about. I could have sworn because KE5WMA is in our chat room all the time and he sends us feedback all the time. It surprises me that it has taken him until now to connect with us on Twitter. So, maybe
0: they, he just decided.
1: Maybe so. But anyway, he's been around a long time, but he just joined us on Twitter. So welcome, K 5 W. That's kind of Welcome mean. again for the first time. <laughs> that's right.
0: White True Consulting.
1: It's actually Wild True Consulting. Oh, uh, Wild True Consulting. Well, that's White, white that. Trash Consulting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Keen Webb and Dave Burns. And on YouTube was Fernando Vidal, Lena Bean, and Randall Pease mailing list was joe whitby
1: probably joe wiltby i think yeah but i'm not sure it's actually an email address but i don't want to give out people's email addresses so that's right. the you know
0: yeah we're, we'll just stop there right so mm-hmm. and nobody bought anything so we have yep. no money for mills
1: no no merchandise sales we're, we're working on some options for some new merchandise so if you guys have any ideas about what kind of merchandise you'd like to see from linux in the ham shack we have a well, we may have. We think we have a graphic designer at our disposal. We'll see what, we'll see where that actually goes. But uh, if you have any thoughts, feel free to let us know. You know, if you'd like to see something on a t-shirt or whatever, something that would be cool and you would actually wear, uh, we would like to uh, make that happen so people will actually buy some stuff. Plus, if it's cool enough, we might actually buy it for ourselves to wear. That would be cool. And as an ambassador, by the way, if you become an ambassador for our program, you actually get a free T-shirt or a ball cap. And you could have this really cool new logo, whatever it is, on that cap or T-shirt if you were to suggest something for us to create. Otherwise, you get stuck with what we already have, which is either a Badger or the logo, the current logo. So, hey. But you do, get, you do get free swag. You know, free swag oh, yeah. is good, right? Yeah. Thank you to everyone who subscribed and became... Uh, a member of our groups uh, on social media who's become a listener to the program over the past you know, weeks or months or however recently Years. you've uh, joined. We want to say that we really do appreciate each and every one of you because without you, we wouldn't have a show to do because it, we're not going to sit here and talk to ourselves. So we're glad we have some people who are willing to, to be out there and to listen to us and hopefully learn something and uh hopefully contribute back to the show in some way you know even if it's just to say hello all right with that i believe we're down to the end the show is just about over and the music is playing and uh this is russ k5 t-u-x you have been listening to episode number 145 of linux in the ham shack i can't believe we've done 145 of these things Anyway, uh, if you want to find out about our program, all you have to do is go to lhspodcast.info. Everything you ever wanted to know about our show is there, including uh, a link to the ambassador program where you can find out about representing us at a local ham fest or Linux fest. Uh, There's information about uh, our upcoming program schedule. There's information about where you can call us and leave some feedback. Our email address is info at lhspodcast.info, and our voicemail line is 1909 547 7469. That's 1909 LHS Show if your phone has an alphanumeric keypad, which most do. Our IRC channel is hash LHS Podcast on the Freenode Network. There are people in there all the time who would like to chat with you including hosts of the program. So come by and say hello. Subscribe to our mailing list. A link to that mailing list is on the website. You can even buy some of our show merchandise. You can go to cafepress.com slash LHS podcast and printfection.com slash LHS podcast. Find out all of the information about the merchandise we currently offer, including logo merchandise and badger merchandise. There's some cool stuff out there. You can also help the show by clicking on the sponsored ads in the right-hand column of the homepage. That homepage, again, is LHSpodcast.info. We record every other Monday night, 8 o'clock Central Time. That's Tuesday mornings, 0200 Zulu, for those of you who are in Europe and places to the east. Our recording schedule and countdown timer are on the website. So... Go check it out. And thank you to all of our listeners, past, present, and future. We appreciate each and every one of you. So for the other co-hosts, Cheryl. Hi. And Pete.
2: <laughs> Good day.
1: Uh, this is Russ, K5TUX, and we'll catch you in a fortnight's time. Hope to see you all then. Bye for now. Hello.
3: If you couldn't play with that lizard, you're going to go blind.